Section twenty four of Monsieur Lecoq, part one. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Don Evans. Monsieur Lecoq by Emile Gabriel, part one, section twenty four. Mardi Gras, or Shrove Tuesday, was very gay that year. That is to say, all places of public resort were crowded. When Lecoq left the Hotel de Marienburg about midnight, the streets were as full as if it had been noonday, and the cafés were thronged with customers. But the young detective had no heart for pleasure. He mingled with the crowd without seemingly seeing it, and jostled against groups of people chatting at the corners, without hearing the imprecations occasioned by his awkwardness. Where was he going? He had no idea. He walked aimlessly, more disconsolate and desperate than the gambler who had staked his last hope with his last louis, and lost. "'I must yield,' he murmured. "'This evidence is conclusive. My presumptions were only chimeras, my deductions the playthings of chance. All I can now do is to withdraw, with the least possible damage and ridicule, from the false position I have assumed.' just as he reached the boulevard however a new idea entered his brain an idea of so startling a kind that he could scarcely restrain a loud exclamation of surprise what a fool i am he cried striking his hand violently against his forehead is it possible to be so strong in theory and yet so ridiculously weak in practice ah, i am only a child a mere novice disheartened by the slightest obstacle I meet with a difficulty, and at once I lose all my courage. Now, let me reflect calmly. What did I tell the judge about this murderer, whose plan of defense so puzzles us? Did I not tell him that we had to deal with a man of superior talent, with a man of consummate penetration and experience, a bold, courageous fellow of imperturbable coolness, who will do anything to ensure the success of his plans? yes i told him all that and yet i give up the game in despair as soon as i meet with a single circumstance that i cannot instantly explain it is evidence that such a prisoner would not resort to old hackneyed commonplace expedients time patience and research are requisite to find a flaw in his defence with such a man as he the more appearances are against my presumptions and in favour of his narrative the more certain it is that I am right, or else logic is no longer logic. At this thought Lecoq burst into a hearty laugh. Still, continued he, it would perhaps be premature to expose this theory at headquarters in Gevrol's presence. He would at once present me with a certificate for admission into some lunatic asylum. The young detective paused, while absorbed in thought, his legs obeying an instinctive impulse, had brought him to his lodgings. He rang the bell, the door opened, and he groped his way slowly up to the fourth floor. He had reached his room, and was about to enter, when someone, whom he could not distinguish in the dark, called out, "'Is that you, Monsieur Lecoq?' "'Yes, it's I,' replied the young man, somewhat surprised. "'But who are you?' "'I'm Father Absinthe.' "'Oh, indeed. Ah, well, you are welcome. I didn't recognize your voice. Will you come in?' They entered the room, and Lecoq lit a candle. Then the young man could see his colleague, and, good heavens, he found him in a most pitiable condition. 
he was as dirty and as bespattered with mud as a lost dog that has been wandering about in the rain and the mire for a week at the very least his overcoat bore the traces of frequent contact with damp walls his hat had lost its form entirely his eyes wore an anxious look and his moustache drooped despondently he spoke moreover so strangely that one might have supposed his mouth was full of sand do you bring me bad news inquired lecoq after a short examination of his companion yes bad the people you were following escaped you then the old man nodded his head affirmatively it is unfortunate very unfortunate said lecoq but it is useless to distress ourselves about it don't be so cast down father absinthe to-morrow between us we will repair the damage this friendly encouragement only increased the old man's evident embarrassment he blushed this veteran as if he had been a schoolgirl and raising his hands toward heaven he exclaimed oh you wretch didn't i tell you so why what is the matter with you inquired lecoq father absinthe made no reply approaching a looking-glass that hung against the wall he surveyed himself reproachfully and began to heap cruel insults upon the reflection of his features you old good-for-nothing he exclaimed you vile deserter have you no shame left you were entrusted with a mission were you not and how have you fulfilled it you have got drunk you old wretch so drunk as to have lost your wits ah you shan't escape punishment this time for even if monsieur lecoq is indulgent you shan't taste another drop for a week yes you old sot you shall suffer for this escapade oh, come come said lecoq you can sermonize by and by now tell me your story i am not proud of it believe me however never mind no doubt you received the letter in which i told you i was going to follow the young man who seemed to recognize gustave yes yes go on well as soon as they entered the cafe into which i had followed them they began drinking probably to drive away their emotion after that they apparently felt hungry at all events they ordered breakfast i followed their example the meal with coffee and beer afterward took up no little time and indeed a couple of hours had elapsed before they were ready to pay their bill and go good i suppose they would now return home uh, not at all they walked down the rue dauphin and i saw them enter another cafe five minutes later i glided in after them and found them already engaged in a game of billiards at this point father absinthe hesitated it is no easy task to recount one's blunders to the very person who has suffered by them i seated myself at a little table he eventually resumed and asked for a newspaper i was reading with one eye and watching with the other when a respectable-looking man entered and took a seat beside me as soon as he had seated himself he asked me to let him have the paper when i had finished with it i handed it to him and then we began talking about the weather at last he proposed a game of bezique i declined but we afterward compromised the matter by having a game of piquet the young men you understand were still knocking the balls about we began by playing for a glass of brandy each i won my adversary asked for his revenge and we played two games more i still kept on winning he insisted upon another game and again i won and still i drank and drank again go on go on ah here's the rub after that i remember nothing 
nothing either about the man i had been playing with or the young men it seems to me however that i recollect falling asleep in the cafe and that a long while afterward a waiter came and woke me and told me to go then i must have wandered along about the keys until i came to my senses and decided to go to your lodgings and wait on the stairs until you returned to father absinthe's great surprise the cock seemed rather thoughtful than angry what do you think about this chance acquaintance of yours papa asked the young detective i think he was following me while i was following the others and that he entered the cafe with the view of making me drunk what was he like oh he was a tall stoutish man with a broad red face and a flat nose and he was very unpretending and affable in manner it was he exclaimed lecoq he who why the accomplice the man whose footprints we discovered the pretended drunkard a devil incarnate who will get the best of us yet if we don't keep our eyes open don't you forget him papa and if you ever meet him again but father absinthe's confession was not ended like most devotees he had reserved the worst sin for the last but that's not all he resumed and as it's best to make a clean breast of it i will tell you that it seems to me this traitor talked about the affair at the poivriere and that i told him all we had discovered and all we intended to do lecoq made such a threatening gesture that the old tippler drew back in consternation you wretched man exclaimed the young detective to betray our plans to the enemy but his calmness soon returned if at first sight the evil seemed to be beyond remedy on further thought it had a good side after all it sufficed to dispel all the doubts that had assailed Lecoq's mind after his visit to the Hotel de Marienburg. However, quoth our hero, this is not the time for deliberation. I am overcome with fatigue. Take a mattress from the bed for yourself, my friend, and let us get a little sleep. End of section 24. Recording by Don Evans. www.donmevans.com.